Welcome to the TikTok Podcast. The clock is always ticking, so let's synchronize our watches and dive in. I'm your host, Callie Brigham, and I'm here to help you make time for what matters. Hey friends, hey friends, it is Callie here on our TikTok podcast, and it is what I know many of you say is your favorite. It's a Friday feature bonus, and I am here with just one of the most beautiful women inside and out. It's true, Randy. It's true. It's true. We were talking about how um, you can watch the podcast on YouTube and just those of you that like a visual, you might just need to pop on over there and see that I'm not lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> so gorgeous. And I can't wait for all of you to meet this friend of mine, this precious friend of mine. And I'm going to have her share a little bit about her story and why I invited her onto this. You know, I made this list, Randy, initially, as I was kicking off this podcast of people that I wanted to have a conversation with. And Frankly, I I do wish that we were sitting in person together. That would be my preference. But if we can't, being here together and having this chat, I just have such anticipation for it. So real quick, before, Randy, I have you just greet the TikTok world, I was thinking about our conversation today. I want it to be relevant to so many people and I'm just going to let you all know that are listening that Randy has a story of how she manages not just her time, but her life with a chronic illness. And Randy, we don't compare, right? We're not comparing lives or situations to other people. But I believe that what you have to say today is going to resonate with those that may not have a chronic illness, Randy, but maybe they are caring for someone right now in a season where their time's not their own. Maybe they are going through a health challenge. Maybe they have littles. And again, they never know what a day is going to look like. Maybe they are experiencing um, some type of situation with their mental health. And, you know, there's just days where they just don't feel like getting out of bed. And so I want to set that stage, if that's okay with you, that even though we may not see ourselves exactly in your story, we are going to see ourselves. And this is such an incredible opportunity to raise awareness, but also take it to heart, the things that you have experienced and you're going to teach us. So I know you guys are ready to hear from her. And I asked Randy to share three words that describe her. And these are perfect, Randy. So here they are, driven, resilient, and empowering. So TikTok world, meet my friend, Randy Gleason. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. Thank you so much for asking me to be one of your guests. It's a true honor. Yay. Okay, so for those that don't know you, the best way to introduce you to all of my friends is to have yourself is to have you tell a little bit about yourself and your story. So some some people I know, they know you, but a lot of people this is their first time. So tell us a little bit about your story. All right. Well, I um, I just turned the big 4-0 and a lot of people may not share their age, but I am so proud of my age. Like it was such a milestone and um, such a victory. But I was born, I'm from Louisiana, and um, I was born and within a few hours of my birth, um, I had an intestinal blockage, which alerted doctors 40 years ago to test me for a genetic illness called cystic fibrosis. And um, shortly within, you know, 
a short time, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And many people today know about cystic fibrosis, but 40, 40 years ago, there wasn't the internet. Like no one knew, like when they said it, my parents were like, what does that even mean? Um, but cystic fibrosis, for those that may not know, is a genetic illness. So it's not contagious, it's genetic. So um, that deals with the two essential parts of living, eating and breathing, mostly a lung disease, but it also affects the digestive system, which then impacts other organs of the body. Um, it requires a lot of hospitalizations and uh, tr daily treatments. And when I was born, the life expectancy for someone with CF was grade school. And then when I got to grade school, it was like uh, late teens. And then when I was a teenager, the life expectancy was like the early 20s. And then when I was in my 20s, the life expectancy was in the late 20s. And then when I was 30, you know, so um, we are so grateful for uh, the grassroots fundraising that, uh, you know, my family and all the families with cystic fibrosis have done over the last four decades. And because of that, some revolutionary drugs have entered the market. And so um, we began taking this, what we call our miracle drug uh the two months before COVID. So however long that was ago. <laughs> and my life has dramatically changed everything. I feel like we're living on bonus time right now. You know, everything is just such a gift and I've never felt this good. I want to go back and redo all the things I've done now that I can breathe and it's so much better. So we, it's not a cure for sure, but it does. It's the first drug that really addresses the um, the DNA part, the defect of cystic fibrosis. So we still do treatments. We still take medicine. We still do all the things, but it's been three years since I've been in the hospital. And for most of my life, it was at least a few weeks in the hospital every year, um, just trying to maintain that lung function and not use it. So um, that's my, my health journey. I'm married, been married for nearly 20 years. And um, I am an entrepreneur. I started my business when I was a college student looking for an additional stream of income. And I needed something to really allow me to work when I could work, not when like the hours told me to work. And um, so I started my uh, business. And then um, a few years, actually a few months after I started in the corporate world, after my college graduation, I faced a major setback with my health that landed me in the hospital for an extended time. Um, I think it was 45 days. And I had exhausted all my sick leave, my vacation leave. I was in a desperate situation. And I looked through a new lens to see what kind of career could someone like me have. And that's what caused me to really analyze what was most important to me. What did I really need as far as balance? And then I pursued my part-time business full-time and... That's that's where we are today, 20 years later. You know, a couple of things I remember like it's yesterday and I guess it was, I don't know, three and a half years ago, the social media post that you shared and I think your mom shared and mm -hmm. everyone that cared about you shared about this drug that was something you all had prayed for, I'm confident mm -hmm. of, believed mm -hmm. for and some incredibly smart and wise and committed scientists and doctors um, were able to give you and many people in your circumstance. I'll never forget seeing that, you know, Randy, I always like to give our guests a few potential questions that we ask, but as I was listening to you, I thought, boy, I know we're going to talk about how you manage your time and all this, but the bottom line is 
how precious the gift of every day mm-hmm. is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and you know, you know that's that more than almost anybody, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, so much of what we're going to talk to about today was, um, it was almost like, um, I had a different life. I felt like the day that I popped that pill, um, I want to do it with my mom because she was with me. She's the reason I was still alive at this age. I mean, she was so committed to my respiratory treatments. She, I never spent a night in the hospital by myself. Um, I mean, just, I wanted to take that pill with her to honor her. And I felt like from the day that I took that pill, my life was different. And it wasn't just my health was different. I all of a sudden thought, oh my gosh, I may live to like 40. I may live to 50. Like I may live to 60. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just have a different perspective on life because so much of my 20s and 30s, it was packing in all I could in case I wouldn't be able to later. And so, and of course that possibility is still there, but when you have a bleak of like a bleakness of hope, you know, it just changes so much within us. Well, I tell you what, that it makes me emotional thinking about what you just said. And I feel convicted as to how little I honor the moments that I have. And and I don't say that in any kind of judgment on mm -hmm. myself because I have not had that perspective. So thank you for just starting us off with maybe releasing some things that have been stressing us out yeah. or the little things that in reality mean absolutely nothing in the scheme of things, Randy. So yeah. I believe you've already shifted so many well, of us. It's so easy though. It's so easy to fall into that. And I'm grateful my husband is such a um, like big picture person and he's, he can snap me out. Like when I'm stressing over something, he can just look at me as like, that really doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? He's very good in like the big picture, you know, of when you face a down moment, he can absolutely like put perspective on it to say, oh my, you know, so, you know, I think that that's a huge blessing in my life because I can also <laughs> get caught up in the little things at times. Okay. So you do it too. You do it Yes. Too. Yes. You know, I heard somebody say that if it's not going to matter in five years, then why are we making it matter now? And the truth is we're not promised that we'll be here in five years. None of us are. So, all right, now that we've set the stage and I know everyone is just falling in love with you, <laughs> like I did for the first moment that I met you, the reality is, as you mentioned, that there are have been seasons in your life and we are believing that those are in the past for you, but you do understand what it's like when you've got something that does impact your daily routine, mm -hmm. when you might have your time not being your own because you are needing to either, um, you know, COVID was no different for you. There was times when you couldn't be around people or you didn't have the energy. So tell us a little bit about how that impacts your daily routine, what that means for you when it comes to your time. Yeah. So um, growing up, you know, every um, every day started with an hour long respiratory treatment. And then, you know, of course, like the oral medications, but then every night ended with an, with an hour long respiratory treatment. And so it was kind of like your bookends of your day. And when I went to college and then graduated college, that pace continued. And so all of a sudden I was forced with getting up in the dark, 5 a.m., doing respiratory treatments, 
and then working all day like everyone else, coming home with normal adult responsibilities and then crashing at night doing respiratory treatments. And my body began to wear thin and my lung function was dropping. And what I realized was I had to get a, a grasp on energy management. So some people look at time management. I had to figure out energy management. What's most important for me to do with the energy that I have. And so at that point, first priority was, of course, respiratory treatments, all that was required, having sterilized nebulizers, fighting with insurance companies, all the things. And then, of course, next part was my job. Right. I had a career at that time. I was the director of marketing for a hospital. So that was the next thing of energy management. And the last part was what was left over. And that's what my my family, my husband got, you know. So that was kind of what I juggled for quite a while. And then when I transitioned to work for myself, I all of a sudden, instead of having an eight hour day where I had to be dressed and in public and working in that kind of atmosphere, I on some days could literally bring my computer in the bed, work in jammies, and no one had any idea that was interacting with me that I wasn't like fixed up and ready and all these things, but I could get things done and kind of manage that energy to do what was most important. And then as I got a little bit older, I began to realize that what was most important for my energy is that I show up for my health first, because without that, I wasn't going to be above ground. But secondly, my family should get that next best energy. And then my career should get that next best energy. So I think it was kind of an evolution of energy management and to understand not just parties of what's important, but what gets my energy. Now, post-miracle pill, <laughs> because I don't wake up every morning feeling like I need oxygen or I have an elephant on my chest. All of a sudden, I wake up and I feel good. I mean, maybe not like normal human good, but for me, it feels amazing. And so now it's priority management. You know, I don't really have to manage my energy as much, but it's the priorities of what's most important. I've not been, um, I don't consider myself someone that excels in time management. In other words, uh, time blocking and things like that has always been very challenging for me. Like I remember in my 20s feeling like a complete failure because I would buy, I had so many planners, Callie. I had every planner under the sun. If somebody sold a planner, I bought it. I have a well, whole closet. I can't tell you how many times I've said time management is not the perfect planner because half the time you don't use it or you don't yeah. know where it is, or you start off on January 1st with, yeah. you know, pretty pens and colors right. and stickers. And then two days, two days later, you feel defeated yeah. and you're like, I'm a loser. Yeah. And some people do very well. Their brains do very well with like 30 minute time blocks or 15 minute time blocks, whatever. And, and I wish I could do that. And I've tried, trust me, I have a, a closet full of planners to prove it, but you have to learn yourself. And for me, I had to learn it's best for me just to do a brain dump and write down all my priorities and then categorize those priorities of importance. And then that's how I roll. So like we'll get into this, I'm sure, in the future. But I mean, I, 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 I have a very elementary system. But what's most important is that we all have to learn ourselves into thine own self be true. And what really works for you in your efficiency may not work for the person next to you. But at the end of the day, it's your task, your goals, your dreams, and you have to figure out what works for you. Well, you've given me a great shameless plug. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I am the same way. I developed, I call it the brain drain because 
Randy, I just, I didn't, I didn't like the way brain dump sounded. It didn't sound classy enough. <laughs> brain brain <laughs> much better. Brain drain, yeah. But um, I do, I have a printables that people can use if they like it to be pretty. Honestly, a piece of paper, a notebook works great too, but it's the same thing. It's getting it out and then it's prioritizing it. And you can also have that same combination of prioritizing it based on your energy mm-hmm. and what you have to give that day, that week, that season. Mm-hmm. I'm so with you on that. Okay. So it was a transfer first of being true to yourself with your energy. Mm-hmm. Then it's become true to yourself with your priorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that hard to do? Like, did you feel like that was a difficult thing to do? Or was it just a decision that you were going to make? Uh, learning how to energy management wasn't a decision. It was a forced decision. (laughs) Um, I just remember, um, that long hospital stint where it was kind of that crossroads where I felt like my world was imploding and little did I know that that fork in the road would lead to the greatest blessing of entrepreneurship. But I remember my doctor standing at the end of my bed and said, I understand that you want to have a career but you're not going to get out of here if you don't put your health first. And um, so it was that moment where I realized I have to figure out a way that if I want to have a career to, to manage this, to put my health first and not be so worried about taking a sick day or vacate using my vacation. Like it was just that moment of not wanting to let people down and wanted to excel and be independent and, understanding that as a human, I had some limitations that I had to figure out how was I going to make this obstacle a stepping stone. Um, And so that was a forced moment, like a do or die. You've got to manage your energy. And then after I started taking the miracle pill, I got to be honest, I was like, holy cow, I can breathe. I have energy. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so I kind of got off base a little bit with what I was doing in a day. So it was like, okay, I need to realign. What are my priorities? What's most important to me? Let's manage this. So I love that. And, you know, many of us do not come across that crossroads where it is a forced decision. But the reality is that so many batteries are drained on women that if they're not careful, it does affect their Mm -hmm. short-term health, their long-term health, their mental health, their capacity to serve their family or to be who they need to be for themselves. I've seen it time and time again. So we don't have to get to that desperate point, Randy. We can make that decision today. Today can be the day. We prayed right before we started doing our chat. And if even one woman hears that and says, you know, I'm not going to wait to get to yeah. that point, today's the day. Trust me, you do not want 30 days in the slammer. It's not glamorous. <laughs> well, I'm sure you made it look pretty cute, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Glamorous. So you've talked about your mom. You've talked about your husband. They are obvious support systems for you. Mm-hmm. And I love how you honor them. That is, that is definitely a huge part of, I know, again, why you are where you are in this life. So tell us a little bit about your husband also has a unique job. This definitely plays into some time management that you need. And just so everybody knows, Randy is a top leader in a direct sales company, the number one actual skincare and color cosmetics indirect sales in the world, Mary Kay Cosmetics. So you've got that. Your husband, tell everybody what he does. 
And so now you've got an extra little added opportunity, opportunity. For, some, yep. for some time management here. Yes. So, you know, I think, I think when you're young and we got married, we were 21, but we knew each other since we were in high school and we dated all during college. And I think whenever you have someone that has a life expectancy that's short, that you really don't know how much time you're going to have with them. I think that it kind of kicks you in the rear to do the things that maybe someone else might put off. And I think that cystic fibrosis was, while many people may feel a terminal illness is a death sentence and negative and the hard thing, I think that you can also see that something like that inspires you to be your best right now, inspires you to chase your dreams when it could be easily put off. And so um, my husband, when we graduated back then, I know it sounds like a long time ago, but it was just 20 years ago. Um, you couldn't get health insurance for somebody um, if you if if you have like an illness like cystic fibrosis. So my mom was my mom was a teacher, dad, bus driver. They did anything they could for me to have state insurance, health insurance for meds. And whenever my husband graduated college with a business degree, we had to figure out what was I going to do for insurance? And we needed to stay on that state insurance. So he became a business teacher and a coach. And so he did that for, I guess, eight years. And he he was great at it. The students loved him. Um, but deep inside, he wanted to be an entrepreneur. He wanted to have his own business. And so it was during that time that it opened up where you could have a pre-existing condition and buy health insurance. And so that was the catalyst where I used my business to afford it because <laughs> he was a teacher. And that would allow me to get off of the his insurance, have my own, and he could pursue his dream. So uh, we live on Toledo Bend Lake, which is one of the largest man-made reservoirs in the nation. It's We love it so much. And we didn't then, but we we were near it. And he wanted to be a fishing guide. So back then I'm like, people will pay you to go fishing? Like, I don't get it. And he's like, yeah, they, they do that. And I'm like, are you serious? And so I literally said, you have one year, one year where I know my business can handle things and you pursue that dream. And in one year, we'll, we'll reevaluate. And within about four months, he had matched his income and built his business. And then, so he was a fishing guide for about, I guess, eight to 10 years. And then the desire to become a professional fisherman, like competing in tournaments nationwide and things like that was something he was pursuing. And then that evolved and happened. And so we, um, I guess he qualified for the first pro tour four years ago. And so we travel in our RV about six to eight months a year. One year we did 10 months. And so, yeah, so we look like a traveling circus. I'm towing the fifth wheel and he's towing his bass boat. And it's just so amazing because Callie, before this, we didn't travel too much. The only travel that I did was to our conferences. Um, we didn't travel because we felt, I felt tethered to my cystic fibrosis medical team. I felt like literally I could envision a tether from me to them. And when I traveled, I thought, how far am I away from them? Something happens. How quickly can I get back to them? 
because as we age with cystic fibrosis, there's a lot of deterioration that causes some urgent issues that can be very, very um, scary. And so when this miracle drug came out, I mean, it's like I can travel and I have the confidence to travel and to leave and not feel that tether. Um, and so we travel all over the USA from the Canadian border to South Florida to Wisconsin and South Dakota. So and I just take my business on the road and the dogs and we just roll out. I'm going to need you to um, make sure that he's got some kind of tournament in the Gulf Coast of Florida pretty soon because I need y'all to roll in. I've got a big kind of cul-de-sac so you can just oh yay well, and your neighbors will just report us to the hoa <laughs> oh it's okay we'll just have, you know they won't notice right <laughs> um what what a great additional point you know the beginning of our conversation we talked about the preciousness of life now mm -hmm. we're talking about the choices that some people take a lifetime to make and then maybe it's too late, right? Yeah. No regrets, no what ifs and mm -hmm. going for it. Now you did it though with, you did it with foresight. You said, okay, we've got this amount of time. We're going to give it. It wasn't just let's mm -hmm. completely take every risk. Um, okay. You really had a, you really had some kind of guardrails there in place to do it, but you still did it. And now here you are both pursuing your passions, both being able to do that. So Tell me, I know you've got your little, uh, we've, we've chained it to a brain drain now. So you've got your brain drain that you write out. Are there any other time management tools that you use now that everybody knows, not only are you this amazing warrior with your health, not only do you have your own business, but so does your husband, you're on the road. Tell us any other thoughts that you have that have allowed you to make the most of your time. So I think one of the things that I do, so, and I just have my daily notebook because I'm just so sophisticated. Um, so I literally just use spiral bound notebooks. That's just what is easy and accessible. Of course, you got to get them cute. You know, you got to get the cute ones anyway. Um, but for me, what what's the most simple is the night before I go to bed, I dry, write down all the priorities for the next day. Throughout the day, I'm list, you know, adding to it. And then if it feels too overwhelming, then I'll rip that page out and then rewrite it in chronological order. Like if something has to be done at certain times, so I'll just rewrite it in chronological order. And look, you can see how sophisticated I mix those up. I thought of something that needed to be done first. So I just changed the number. OK, so sophisticated. And then the other thing, if it feels if I'm juggling multiple tasks, so like if I'm doing stuff for my business, but also on this list, I have stuff for my husband's business or I have stuff for my digital marketing agency or I have stuff for um, home. What I'll begin to do then is on that new page is I will color code them or I'll block them or batch them. Right. So I'll put a, a square and I'll put, OK, Mary Kay business and then I'll, I'll that square will be full of that. So in other words, my mind doesn't have to hop back and forth all day. I can literally look at that box and try to knock out those tasks in that box so I can stay in the same frame of mind. The other thing that I think is probably everyone does, I don't know, but if I don't finish a task, I'm forced to write it on the next day. And after like the fourth time you write it, you'll be so annoyed with yourself, you'll eventually just do it. Um, and so that's another thing. The other thing, while I don't necessarily time block, I do look at my list and I see what requires the most creativity or the most detail. 
um, or my most attention. And that always goes in my best performing hours. So those have changed. I think it's important for us to ask ourselves in each season, what are my best performing hours? For me, it's 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. If 20 years ago, that would have been comical, laughable. But that is my best performing hours. The house is quiet. There's no fires to put out for the day yet. My texts aren't going off. Email's not, you know what I mean? And so I know I can get those tasks done. And you feel so good when you get the hard task over with first. Like you're like basking in the joy. It's 7 a.m. and you're done. And so um, that's another little tip that I do. And in the RV, I mean, he usually is at, gone at daybreak or right before daybreak. So that's just a great time to like start those tasks and get into that before the whole world wakes up. That's what I say. Get the hard ones done before the world wakes up. Get the hard ones. Okay, that one's going to make a quote on here. Get the hard ones done before the world wakes up. That is so true. And you never know what the day is going to bring. So if you'll go ahead and knock it out, then if your day does go sideways or things do happen or the internet goes out or, you know, which I'm sure has happened to you as you've been on the road, right? Countless times that, but you got the hard stuff done. You know, Randy, one of the things I tell people too is that there's a lie that it will be easier tomorrow. It's never oh, yeah. easier tomorrow. No. Correct. It's never. It's and, and I can in this I moment hard lessons in that. You know, um, back before my miracle pill, I would put things off. Like I would say, okay, well, I really don't have to do that task now. I can wait and do that task, you know, on this date or look at my calendars. I have plenty of time. And then I would have an exacerbation, have to go in the hospital, and I would be so mad at myself because I could have done that that day, but I chose to put it off and now I can't do it or it's not going to, you know, and so I always just, I feel that when I, when I want to procrastinate something, I feel that remembrance and I'm like, oh, you know, you, we still don't know what's going to happen in a couple days. Like we don't know what's going to happen in our life. So just get it done. It feels so much better just to stink and get it done. And it's, it's easier to say, but I believe we build our self-confidence when we complete things, when we say we're going to do it, even if it's tea tiny, when we say we're going to do it and we do it, we build up that self-confidence within ourselves. You can't buy self-confidence. You can't rent it. You have to grow it internally. And it's by doing small things that you say you're going to do and doing it. And it feels so incredible that you feel so authentic to yourself. Hmm. That is great. You know, it reminds me of what happened this morning in my house. So I'll just be honest, for many years, I did not make my bed. I don't know why. I just didn't. It just didn't happen. And I wasn't always the last one out of the bed and whatever. Well, for the last few years, like it is a non-negotiable. I just love walking past my bedroom or into my bedroom with my bed mate, right? And I know there's even whole like messages about just make your bed by like a military leader. Well, my daughter has started to pick that up. She's 13. And this morning she came downstairs, she was getting ready for school. And she, I guess, didn't think she had as much time as she thought. And she asked me if I would make her bed that day. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I bet if you run up right now, you could do it real quick. And she goes, yeah, there's just something about having my bed made. And I know that that's silly. And if you don't make your bed, it is perfectly fine. But it was the same thing. It gives her this little win to start mm -hmm. the day and it rolls throughout the day because when she comes home, she feels that win again because she did it. 
-hmm. and she accomplished it, even as small and tiny as that is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we could talk for hours and hours because I know we could. And there's so many more topics and things that we could cover, Randy. So could you just sum up? Is there anything we haven't talked about yet that's on your heart or any other piece of advice for someone who just says, you know, some days I have hard days. Some days my energy isn't there. Some days mm -hmm. I don't know what my priorities are. Is there any last encouragement or words or anything that you want to share? I think I, and this is a hard one because it can be kind of in your face, but do it, do okay. it. Should do I? It. Okay. Yeah, do it. I feel like as women, um, we have to develop the confidence to say no. That if I look back on periods of my life, I said yes to stuff. And I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, pouring out energy in areas that did not serve my best yes. And when we say yes to things that we don't want to do or aren't important to us, but we have a fear of disappointing someone or a fear of letting someone down, oftentimes it's not our best yes and it doesn't serve us well. And I feel like sometimes when we say yes, out of that fear of disappointing someone or letting someone down, we've really robbed the opportunity for someone else who it is their best yes. You know, maybe someone asks you to volunteer for something, you say yes, even though it's not something that you really think you should be doing at that time. You can be doing something else towards your family, your goals. There may be somebody who's praying for an opportunity to serve in that exact capacity, and we've taken that from them. And our algorithm in life has, has always been when someone asks you for something, let me look at my calendar if I'm free, yes. We got to change the algorithm of our life and say, does this serve me? Because when we say yes to something, we have to ask ourselves, what am I saying no to? By saying yes to this, what am I saying no to? And it was very hard to establish this boundary, but I got to the point where I was able to say no. And I think it's okay to say no. I actually have something else planned, unfortunately, during that time. Most of the time, they're not going to ask what you have planned. They're like, okay, no worries. But also, it's okay to say we have a family day plan. Like we get energy from being at home, resting, spending time together, having quality family time. And I don't want to live my life running around like a chicken with the head cop, doing the things that don't matter. And I think that we get sometimes in life where we have, maybe it's a really high moment or perhaps a really low moment. And you look around and you see who's cheering for you and who's silent, who's praying for you, or maybe who's talking about you. And it causes you to reevaluate, why am I saying yes to all these things that I don't want to do, that don't serve me and my family, that don't serve my goals? Why am I saying yes? And oftentimes it's just this fear of disappointing somebody or fear of letting someone down, which is not really a confident thought, you know? And so I just want to inspire someone to reevaluate what you're constantly saying yes to and evaluate what's most important to you, what serves you best, your goals, your life, and be, be firm in that, be courageous in that, and be confident in that. I had two ahas as you were talking. One is I love the concept of the algorithm 
of life? What algorithm are you setting? And the other, Randy, I don't know that I ever really had someone say it like you said it, but it's so obvious. When I say yes to something, what am I saying no to? And then flip those around. When I'm saying no to something, what am mm -hmm. I saying yes to? It's, mm -hmm. it's not just one or the other. I'm not just saying yes or saying no. I'm saying yes and no mm -hmm. at the same time. That's really powerful. That's really empowering. And that was one of your words, empowering, resilient, driven. Yeah. So I want to give you a gift here at the end. And it's the gift of a bonus hour. I wish I could actually give it to you. I would love to do that. Treat you to it. We have 24 hours in a day, right? This is hour 25. You can do, I ask all of my guests this, you could do whatever you want with this bonus hour. What would you do with it, Randy? Oh my gosh. Well, I know exactly what I would do with it. Okay. I know exactly. So my husband proposed to me here on the waters of Toledo Bend. It's just a very special place to us. And for the first decade of my business in our 20s, my entire dream was to save enough up to pay off our home and to one day live at the lake. And he wanted to get here as soon as possible because we knew my life expectancy. And sunset is my favorite time of the day. And so we just celebrate our seventh year here living on the water where we can watch the sunset over Texas. So we live in Louisiana, but Texas is in our backyard. So we get to watch this beautiful sunset over Toledo Bed on Texas every day we're home. And so if I had one extra hour, it would be that four minute sunset. Do you know it's like four minutes from the moment it touches the trees to the moment it's completely gone and all you see is an amber sky. It's four mm -hmm. minutes. I would love for that bonus hour to be just that glorious sunset to go so much slower because Callie, there are two truths in life. Number one, we'll never be as young as we are today. And number two, we will never regret the things that we do in this life that makes us happy, that our life and our time here on earth is going to pass so quickly. So we have to harness every day and not waste another day. So if you're listening today, build the business that you're dreaming of, uh, make and save the money and take the trip, buy the RV, say no to good and yes to your best. Our time on earth is fleeting and there's only one person. There's only one person. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to figure it out for you. There's only one person who can evaluate what's most important and make those a priority of your day. And that's you. Friend, so special. And I pray that the next sunset and the sunset after that and the sunset after that, that God just slows that time down for you <laughs> so you can soak up every minute. And I pray for decades and decades of sunsets. Great Yay. Job. Thank you. Thank you, Callie. Oh, thank you for your story. Thank you for honoring many seasons of pain and struggle and creating purpose from them and sharing that purpose. Um, you know, isn't it interesting, Randy, that through this illness that you have, that causes you to have struggle breathing, that God has given you such a voice. So Aww. thank you. This is so special. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm honored to have you on today, friend. And I know that you're a blessing to so many. And 
what an episode friends what an episode so i just pray that god blesses you personally randy and god bless all of you today thanks for watching and thanks for listening thank you for joining me on the TikTok podcast Please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. Your feedback fuels our mission to help you master your time. Set your alarm for our next episode, and until then, make every moment count.